If you're looking for a new school for your child next year, you should check out St. Paul Public Schools. The district is having a school choice fair on Saturday, December 10th at the St. Paul River Center, and you need to check it out. 80% of students in SPPS are kids of color. They've got dozens of black teachers and principals whose kids also go to schools in the district, and that means something. They understand the unique challenges our children face. They believe in inspiring our kids to think critically, pursue their dreams, and change the world. Remember, Minnesota's open enrollment policy. You do not have to live in the city of St. Paul to attend a school in the district. So whether you've got a little one who's almost ready for kindergarten, an eighth grader going into high school, an accelerated learner, or a child with special needs, St. Paul Public Schools got you covered. So head on over to their school choice fair on Saturday, December 10th at the St. Paul River Center. Find out which one of their great schools is right for your baby. For more info, log on to their website at spps.org backslash apply. Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there. And welcome back to the Diversity Dude Podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, marriage and family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to check out my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. Designed for more than just therapists, if you're a helping professional in any way, diversity and clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through one of my one-on-one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author or speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today I want to talk to you about change for change's sake. In a recent podcast, I discussed an experience where someone was informed that they were being let go from a job opportunity due to the social climate and that it was no longer appropriate to have a person like them performing a certain role. I strongly recommend you go back and listen to that podcast when you have a moment to hear a balanced view on multiple sides of that experience and how we can move forward in a healthy way. Today, however, I want to focus on the implication of calls for change like this and how to make healthy decisions about change moving forward. Phrases like change due to social climate and others similar to it have been used more and more recently, even apologetically, when decisions are being made that indicate a significant change or shift in what can and can't be done, what should and shouldn't be done due not only to how things might look, the optics, but also about how it might impact people uh, involved. Now, first, let me say that I very much appreciate the fact that things are changing. To what degree? I don't know. I can't predict the future. But there is merit to the fact that there is at least a consideration that that's just the way we do things isn't a good enough reason to continue to do things that way, especially in light of the fact that the way things have been done often have been experiences offensive to those who are impacted by them. Sure, there are things that are offensive now that were considered by many to have been okay and even preferred previously. And in situations like this, it can be understandably difficult to change something without fully understanding and agreeing with how it was fine yesterday or last year, but all of a sudden wrong and inappropriate today. However, 
Another consideration here is that there are also times when what is being changed may have been fine for some or even many yesterday and last year, but was never really fine for many others. It's just that the voices of those expressing their feelings of being offended previously weren't heard or valued. And what seems like a new and out of the blue change for some is for many a long overdue acknowledgement of an ongoing problem that's finally getting seen and hopefully actually changed. Now here's where many find a dilemma. Namely, how do you know the difference between the, di the things that should change and the things that are just fine the way they are? Well, it's here where I must admit that I'm not a sociologist who can predict where trends will go in the upcoming years. However, as a therapist, I can share that the relational implications of this question have the potential to have a significant impact on individuals, families, and communities far and wide. And while I may not have a definitive or absolute answer for everything that should be made uh, as a change in, in every life situation, I can share a few thoughts that, if kept in mind, can help us move forward personally and professionally, making healthy changes toward the future that we can all benefit from. One consideration is this. Try to avoid change for change's sake. What do I mean by that? Well, sometimes when people are proposing that things change, their argument is often, well, just because that's the way things have always been doesn't mean that that's the way things should always remain. In many ways, I agree with that. In the face of genuine requests for change, especially when motivated by legitimate current needs or even more so when motivated by the opportunity to prevent harm, the defensive argument that that's not the way we traditionally do things is horribly insufficient by itself and can reliably result in opposition. And yet, on the other hand, although tradition has been used to justify offensive behaviors for years, that doesn't mean that tradition itself is a problem. Tradition has effectively been used for years to unify communities, motivating positive actions that benefit individuals and families and help preserve honorable and desirable values for many. In many ways, the loss of some traditions has contributed to the degradation of many values and have led to offensive behaviors. The question then is not whether or not to resist temptation as a whole. Instead, the question is whether or not we value all people enough to explore the benefits as well as the costs of our ways of doing things enough to consider keeping what has and continues to work positively to benefit others, while also considering selective change and modification as needed, not because tradition or sameness or the way things have been is automatically bad and change is always good, but in order to evolve as necessary and have the best impact on others. Which leads to a second consideration. Acknowledge that some change is for correction. Similar to avoiding change for change's sake, we must acknowledge that many things, uh, many resist change because of the conclusion that acknowledging the need for change to something more currently beneficial is synonymous with acknowledging the unforgivable wrongness of one's past actions. Sometimes even demanding an apology for having the audacity to not have changed sooner. Now, let me be clear. There are times when this is exactly what's called for and needed. Sometimes needs were seen and simply ignored or dismissed or otherwise opposed, despite the acknowledged negative impact they had on others. This hard truth must be acknowledged for some change to have a lasting impact. For doing so can open the eyes and ears of others to believe that new change behaviors can actually be genuine and lasting. 
Interestingly, though, this is consistent with my continued encouragement that we focus less on exiling and canceling individuals and groups altogether for needed change to take place in the first place, concluding that true change or growth isn't actually possible. When there are some who are open and willing to acknowledge and apologize for the negative impact they've knowingly or unknowingly had in the past and see a potentially new to them reasonable need for change and actively work toward making needed change to have a better impact on the future. Which brings me to a third consideration. Acknowledge that some change is not for correction, but for consideration. Whether or not you intended to or were even aware of the negative impact you or a group you're part of had on others, inconvenient change that is forced or change out of correction where past wrongness is not fully seen or acknowledged uh, will continue to be resisted. And yet I don't believe that all hope is lost because you don't necessarily all the time have to fully own change out of correction in order to make change out of consideration. While you explore your motives and your intentions and review past interactions with others to learn whether or not you actually had the impact you thought or hoped you had on others, you can focus now on exploring the impact you're having on others today. Ask yourself, what do I think about others? How do I feel about them? Those who are similar to me, those who are different from me. What message do I hope they take from our interactions regarding how I feel about them? What am I doing to unintentionally send the wrong messages? And what can I do to increase the odds of a more accurate message being received? It is here where you can consider changing things, not even out of correction, but out of consideration for the well-being of all those you interact with. In consideration that you might be unintentionally causing harm that through some reasonable changes, you could reduce the frequency of. You don't have to delete all traditions and throw out all ways of doing things, nor do you need to own being a horrible person in order to see that not everyone's needs are being sufficiently met by the way things have been done. And to make select changes, strategic changes, out of consideration for the well-being of others, helping ensure that everyone's needs are met around you to the best of your ability to do so. My hope for you is that you wouldn't have to fear or resist change or make every change as possible. But instead, you could value the way things have been done, especially the ways that have been beneficial to so many people possible, while also keeping your eyes open for needs that have not been and are not being sufficiently met. And then consider making change. Not for change's sake, not necessarily out of consideration, but out of, uh, out of correction, but out of consideration for those whom you encounter and all the lives you can potentially positively impact along the way. This occurs, this can occur, no matter what your similarities or differences may be, in starting now and impact, having an impact moving forward for years to come. And with that, I say thanks again for listening to the Diversity Do podcast. If you have any pressing diversity-related questions that you'd like me to address on an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame-free and empowering guest speaker or training on this often sensitive topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.lambertsfisher.com. If you know of anyone who can benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on this often difficult topic of diversity, feel free to send them a link to this podcast so they can be encouraged as well. And in addition, you can recommend my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available in paper and audiobook formats on Amazon.com. And I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in the community. And as always, remember this, you don't need to know everything about everyone. 
in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. You deserve more internet than what you get from just your cell phone. Get free high-speed internet at home, a $29.95 value, when you qualify for Internet Essentials Plus and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Enjoy more streaming, gaming, and video chatting on more devices for free. With unlimited data and a wireless gateway included at no extra cost. No fees, no taxes, and no annual contract. Connect to more of what you love for free with Xfinity and the Affordable Connectivity Program. Click, call, or visit a store to learn more. There's a new way to get around in North Minneapolis. It's Metro Transit Micro, a new ride-sharing service that connects you with Metro Transit bus routes or wherever you need to go on the north side. It's convenient, affordable, and accessible. Metro Transit Micro uses minibuses to reach more neighborhoods, and you'll have shorter wait times. It costs just the same as bus routes, and it's easy to use. You can pay your fare in cash, a go-to card, or the Metro Transit app. Just go to metrotransit.org slash micro. Download the app and create your account. It's really simple. So whether you're going to a friend's house in Bryn Mawr to watch the Vikings game, or you need to get dropped off at the Metro C-Line station to hop on a bus to get to work across town, Metro Transit Micro got you covered. Book a ride, get picked up, and get where you need to go. Start riding today on one of the new Metro Transit Micro minibuses. It's back to school time, and that means it's back to cooking breakfast for your kiddos and making school lunches. That's a lot of cracked eggshells and cut off sandwich crusts. Now listen, before you think about throwing those food scraps away, think about recycling them. Ramsey County has a program that can help you do just that, and it won't cost you a dime. Ramsey County has a free food scraps recycling program that lets you collect stuff like apple cores, coffee grounds, and veggie scraps. Here's how it works. Put all those scraps into a compostable bag. Then once a week, drop it off at a free food scrap site by your house. And listen, I understand that life is busy, so if you can't get there once a week, just toss the bag in the freezer until you can find the time to do it. To locate a food scrap collection site near you and to get more information about the program, visit ramseyrecycles.com slash food scraps and tell your friends and family about it. Let's all do our part to help save the planet. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at UHC.com. Plan benefits may vary. You started your business with big dreams and big ideas. But achieving your goals is a matter of doing the little things right. At Bremer Bank, we're ready to help you navigate all the details, questions, and challenges you encounter on your way to growth and success. Because right now, relationships matter more than ever. And understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com. It's never too late to set the stage for well-being. Here's your well-being tip of the day from YMCA of the North. Put mindfulness in your tool belt. Mindfulness is a method of paying attention and bringing awareness to whatever is happening at the moment. 
Be open to the idea of being present and honest with yourself. Observe what's happening rather than trying to control what's happening. We reduce our stress, anxiety, and negative emotions when observing rather than get overly flustered in our reactions. For more well-being tips, meditation, and yoga classes, visit us at ymcanorth.org forward slash well-being. At General Mills, our table is your table. And we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity.